What's up, everyone? Welcome back to National Board Conversations, a podcast highlighting the expertise of National Board certified teachers all over the country. On this episode, I have the honor to chat with Dr. Michael Ida. He's a National Board certified computer science and math teacher. Oh, and he won the 2023 Hawaii State Teacher of the Year. He dropped a lot of wisdom on this episode, so I won't hold you. Here's my conversation with Dr. Ida. Hey, Michael, thank you for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, all right. We'll get right into it. So can you give us a, a brief intro of yourself? What's your current role and where are you at? Sure. Um, Mike Ida. I'm at Kalani High School, which is in the Hawaii Department of Education. So I'm in Oahu, uh, East Honolulu, and I'm a classroom teacher. I teach, um, I teach mostly now computer science. I started my career as a math teacher. Uh, I still teach one section of math, AP Calc, um, but the rest of my line is now really just computer science. All right, all right. So now we got a couple of questions to get you to know a little bit outside the classroom. So what are your three favorite foods? <laughs> okay, so my three favorite foods, these are kind of local foods. So these are kind of more ethnic foods. Uh, so in Hawaii, we have uh, kind of a large Asian American population. So a lot of my favorites are kind of Asian American staples. Um, so my first one is something called a spam musubi. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's kind of a, it's, um, it's like a piece of spam which when people hear that, if you didn't grow up here, people are kind of skeptical, but it's <laughs> awesome. Um, so what you do is you fry it up uh, and um, you put it between some rice and some nori, which is some dried seaweed. And it's really good. It's a great snack. Um, so that's my first one. <laughs> uh, if you ever make it out here, um, you got to try it. Listen, that's I've been trying to let, I've been trying to leverage our way out there. I'm like, they keep, <laughs> we, need to, we need to get out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that should be, and they sell it, you know, it's all over. You go to 7-Eleven, you go to any, any uh, kind of convenience store, it's all there. Um, so my second one is something called chicken katsu. Um, so what that is, it's it's kind of like a kind of like a chicken cutlet, chicken breast, uh, where you you uh, kind of uh, dip it in what's called panko flour and you fry it. But it's not quite like fried chicken. Um, it's it's a lot lighter. Uh, the coating is really crunchy, and there's like a dipping sauce that you have with it, and it's really good. Uh, probably the closest thing I can maybe relate to is maybe like chicken tenders, but it's it's different. Um, it's it's kind of a little bit lighter and the dipping sauce makes it really nice you have it with rice and it's really good okay okay um, <laughs> so again there's something to put on your list if you ever get out here uh and then the last one so this is my go-to so on those on those really busy days um you know when you get home you had a long day you don't really feel like making dinner cooking something for dinner um you know i'm half korean so this is kind of i grew up on this it's uh kimchi and rice uh just plain white rice and kimchi uh, and you just have that, you don't you, no preparation necessary. You just pull it out of the fridge and you're good to go. Um, so a lot of, the, a lot of those busy days, that's kind of my go-to dinner. Is Listen, is I feel that, right? So I'm Puerto Rican. And one thing we eat is rice and eggs, right? Just oh, rice uh -huh. and eggs, right? Simple. Uh -huh. And I do that sometimes. And my girlfriend makes fun of me for it. And I'm like, listen, sometimes you just need like a simple meal to get sure. you by. You ain't trying to do nothing too difficult. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of that that comfort food that you grew up with, and that you kind of just go to whenever you're you're tired. You had a long day. You just need something to fill you up. Yeah. All right. So, what are the last three songs on your music playlist? Okay. So, uh, I am a Gen Xer. So, I I grew up in the '80s. Uh, so, on my playlist, uh, the last three songs that I've got are all '70s and '80s music. So, I've got the B52s. 
Uh, I've got Whitney Houston and I've got Bon Jovi. <laughs> okay, okay. So you got some. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and then the one sports team that has your heart. And if you're not a sports person, a movie you can recite line for line. Sure, sure. So um, I guess I would describe myself maybe as a very, very casual sports fan. Okay. Um, but, you know, when I did, I was fortunate enough to go away to school. Um, so I went to Northwestern University in Chicago. And that's where I really, that's where I first experienced uh, live baseball, the Cubs, uh, Northside. Oh, um, man. So, you know, some, yeah, some friends took me to, you know, some live games uh, at Wrigley. And uh, it's it's a really nice way to I found that it's a really nice way to spend an afternoon, especially in the spring, you know, once, you know, the spring starts uh, and, you know, kind of winter recedes. Uh, and it's, um, you know, so I guess I would say I have Chicago. Kind of that is a big difference, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, the, you know, the first time I saw snow. Uh, the first time you see it, because you know, I never, I've never seen it before, and it, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> then you know, when it, you know, once you get into winter, it kind of sticks around and it turns. Yeah, once you start living of, with it, it's yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. But I guess I would say the Cubs. Oh, so okay, I like it, yeah. and they won the World Series not too long ago. They did, so yeah, yeah, be, like, yeah. Wait yeah. so long to be like gratified, sure. like nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Now back to your story in the classroom. Can you share why you became a teacher? Uh, sure, sure. Um, so I think teaching is in my DNA. So you know, my mom is a teacher, uh, and I had several aunts and cousins who were teachers. So it was always kind of in the back of my mind that I would eventually become a teacher. Um, and in high school, I had this one, this one math teacher. He was my my calculus teacher, and he was a character. I mean, he was a really, you know, a big personality. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he had, he kind of just, you know, he had he had us mem mesmerized, you know, from the start of class to the end. And he kind of, I mean, he had some high expectations. He was his was the first class where I got. I mean, the first test we took, I got an F. <laughs> and, oh man! That, but you know, I mean, that can either that can go two ways, right? You can you can either kind of crush you, or it can you know, okay, I got to do better. And so, he his you know personality was such that, okay, you got to do better, you got to step it up. And so that really had kind of a formative effect on me. Uh, and uh, you know, so I you know I went to I went to school, I went to I went to graduate school, and then. When I got out of graduate school, the you know the job market wasn't great, uh, and so I thought, okay, this is the time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make the switch. I'm gonna go into teaching, uh, and so I uh, made the switch, and you know, haven't haven't never looked back. I mean, it's been a great run. And now you're national board certified, and we love you for it. Sure. <laughs> so we'll push you to pursue board certification. And what was your journey like? Did you achieve on your first try? No, I didn't. Um, you know, so I've. First got certified in two thousand four, um, so, so it did was you get relatively. The box too? I did. I got the I got the cardboard box, <laughs> and you know it was even the era of VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so it was initially for me it was kind of curiosity because um, you know it was relatively new at the time, and I remember I think it was like nineteen ninety nine. Um, the first, you know, the first teacher in Hawaii who was who got certified, he was kind of in the news. There was some news about him, and so I saw that and I thought, hmm, okay, that looks interesting. Let's take a look at that because at that point I was kind of in the stage in my career where I was, you know, beyond kind of the first year teacher, the rookie stage. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, kind of looking for, okay, what's, what's next, you know, where can I go from here? What's the next challenge? And so I heard about that and I kind of took a look at that and, okay, maybe I'll give this a try. Uh, first time didn't quite make it, <laughs> but you know, the second time, okay. Second time, uh, was able to get that. And that was in 2004. And so that was, you know, like I said, that was the era of the box. Um, I don't know if the younger teachers out there will, will know what the box is a cardboard box. Certainly not the ones going through it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had to snail mail it. We had to send it through the mail. You know, we had the, the V, like I said, the VHS tape. So, you know, it was that kind of that era, but, but yeah, I mean, so initially for me, it was curiosity, um, but, you know, once I kind of got into the process, I saw, oh, okay, so this is, it's, you know, really got a, you know, strong structure to it. It's really got, it's well thought out. And so, um, yeah, I've been on board ever since. So what was the most helpful coaching conversation resource or piece of advice you received while you were going through the process? Um, I think it was, you know, there was a colleague of mine who she did it a couple of years before me. Uh, and, you know, I was going through the process and I thought, you know, I, I, when I first, you know, signed up to do it, I think like a lot of people, we didn't quite realize, you know, the, the magnitude of the process. So I was going through it. I thought, oh, wow, you know, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, but she was kind of moral support. I mean, she had gone through it. And so she, oh, you got to stick with it. You got to, you know, just get through it. Um, uh, when I, you know, thought about giving up, she was there. And so it was, um, it was really just kind of the 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 comfort of having somebody who had done it before and encouraging me to just keep going, which was kind of really helpful. So how did becoming an NBCT impact your career? Um, I think for me, there's a couple of things. I think, you know, one is it kind of opens doors for you. Um, you know, as a professional, if you got the NBCT, um, there are certain opportunities that you have access to that. Um, you might not have, you know, as just a, you know, with without board certification. Uh, but I think the other thing for me is that it kind of provides you, you know, the spiral. It kind of provides me with uh, a structure and a scaffolding for thinking about, you know, as you go forward in your career, and no matter how many years you have, this is, you know, a structure that you can use to help you think about continuous improvement. Um, and I think for me, that has been the most useful is, okay, how do I, you know, how do you keep improving? How do you not get static? Um, because I think for a lot of teachers, once you get kind of that, you know, that mid-career, you know, teens and 20s years of experience, then I think for a lot of folks, there's sometimes the temptation to, okay, I'm, I've set, I got my, you know, I got my lessons, I'm all set. Let me just kind of coast to retirement. Uh, but for me, that has provided me with kind of a way to think about, okay, how can we keep moving forward? Uh, and for me, so for me, that that's really been kind of the most useful thing about it. So, yeah, on that on that track of you get kind of stuck, you think about leaving. What keeps you in the classroom? Um, I think for me, it's it's just the interaction with the kids. Um, you know, every day, the thing about teaching is, and I'm sure you know this, every day is different. Um, it's not like an office job or, you know, nine to five, you just come in and do your thing and you go home. Uh, every day is different. You got a challenge every day. Um, and sometimes it can be tough, but a lot of times it's, it's the, the most rewarding thing you can think of. And, you know, you, I don't think I've ever laughed so much as I have in teaching, you know, going to school, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a riot. I mean, it's the time goes by. And, um, you know, when I first started, uh, you know, first, second year, 
I thought, wow, retirement, that's so far in the, in the future. But now, you know, you get 25, 26, 27 years and you think, wow, <laughs> time flew. Where did it all go? I mean, here we are. Um, but I still got plenty of years in me, I think. I like, love to hear it. Love to hear it. So you're a computer science teacher. Yes. What yes. are you? So I'm sure you can get pretty creative with the stuff you can do. What are some of your favorite lessons to teach? Um, I think, you know, I, I think my favorite lessons are something that helps kids see things in a different light. And, you know, you think, oh, okay, you know, computer science and math, it's just formulas and whatever. But there's, you know, there's one in particular, uh, I think that really, when it opened kids' eyes, it really kind of, I thought, wow, you know, this is really neat. This is what it's all about. And that's, you know, when we're designing websites, uh, one of the things that you think about is, you, you know, you want to make sure that it's accessible for, you know, folks with maybe visual impairments or, or, you know, what have you. And one of the exercises that I've had my kids do is there's a site where you can kind of run your site through, um, there's kind of simulation of people who have, say, color blindness, uh, different types of color blindness. And so you can see what your site looks like through their eyes. You know, you know, the different kinds of colorblindness and that, you know, I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't normally think about. You think, oh, OK, yeah, the color scheme is nice and you know, it's all good. But when you see it through somebody else's eyes um, and you see, oh, OK, it's oh that contrast is uh, it's actually a little bit hard to read for those folks. Um, it kind of really makes you see things differently. And for, you know, for some kids, it's wow, it's kind of eye opening. Um, and so things like that, you know, getting kids to see things from a different perspective, uh, even if it's like a small thing like that, uh, you know, for me, that's kind of what uh, it's, you know, really when you feel when you feel, feel really good as a teacher. That sounds cool, man. So you started the computer science program at your school. How have you seen the program expand from the beginning until now? Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, we had just a couple of sections, you know, I think um, kids were kind of not sure what to expect. Um, you know, we had your typical clientele, you know, kind of the robotics kids who needed to learn coding. Um, and, you know, Man, code is hard. You sure? Like, I tried coding like, a, <laughs> like in college, uh, we had uh -huh. to do like a little coding thing for like a, for like a graph. Uh -huh, on, uh -huh. Like to overlay on a map. Oh my goodness. It was, I was like, I don't know how people do this for like, I was like, there's so much here, but that's a, <laughs> a lot. But yeah, no, go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we started with just a couple of sections. So now we've grown to, we got, you know, a couple of intro sections. We got some AP sections. Um, you know, we got our club. So there's, you know, <clears throat> there's a, you know, kind of strong, steady interest in it. Um, and from kids who are not, you know, you're, you're stereotypical, you would think coders, you know, kids who are interested in, you know, art, digital art, or kids who are interested in, you know, um, storytelling or things like that. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of neat to see the kind of cross mixing when you have, you know, your typical STEM kids mixing and talking and interacting with, you know, kids who have other interests. And that's that kind of cross pollinization. That's, I think, really powerful. And especially in, a, in something like computer science, where it's, um, I think it's something that, you know, especially going into the future that, you know, we don't want to just leave that to a small niche of people. We want, you know, everybody to be able to have some input and some perspective and a say in that. Uh, because I think, you know, everything that we think about in the future, all of our challenges that we're facing, there's going to be a technical 
there's a strong technical aspect to, you know, how we're going to solve them or, or, you know, what the challenge is. And so uh, we're going to need all kinds of people to help us out in the future. And that's, you know, that's what kind of we're looking for with the program. Yeah. And I think with the, like you spoke on it, going into the future, things are just going to get more and more digital. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to need more types of people to be able to just troubleshoot, like even absolutely, creating, just troubleshoot, simple troubleshoot. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because if you, you know, if you have people with just one kind of very narrow perspective, um, you know, even though they may be very, you know, high aptitude in that one area, it, you, there's blind spots. We all have blind spots, and you know, if if we can't, you know, come together and share our perspectives, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of have a limited, kind of have a limited future. And so we want to make sure we include everybody. Exactly. So you recently won Hawaii 2023 Teacher of the Year. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, how did it feel <laughs> when it was announced that you won? Like, I'm sure it was like super exciting. What happened? It it was surreal. I mean, you know, they were, um, you know, the way they do it here in Hawaii, they have, we, you know, we have our complex areas, which are kind of like smaller organizational units. And we have Teachers of the Year from each complex. And then, you have the state level and, you know, we had a, there was a ceremony at the governor's mansion uh, where they kind of announced the winner. And I was convinced that, you know, it wouldn't be me. <laughs> and so, you know, when I heard uh, my name, I wasn't, I wasn't quite, I, I thought, okay, looking around, oh, okay, where's, where's that person? But, um, <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was really surreal. And I, I still describe to people, it still hasn't really sunk in. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, intellectually, you kind of understand that, okay, you have this distinction, but, um, you know, kind of in your gut, I still, you know, it's still kind of surreal. Um, but it's still, you know, I'm, starting to understand you know you have a responsibility as well you know you're representing the people of your state and so you know i want to make sure that i do a good job with that um but it's it's you know surreal i mean like i said it's still kind of still sinking in that's awesome again congratulations i'm so well, thank happy you. With you thank you so much so if you had to sell the teaching profession to someone looking to get into it in one to two minutes what would you use as your elevator pitch um, I think I would say, you know, my tagline would be become a teacher, be somebody's hero, um, you know, hero, not in the sense of like a superhero, you know, you know, you're in a public view, but in the sense that, you know, um, yeah, I'll share with you a story that I think kind of encapsulates this, you know, I, um, I think people, if you spend any time with me, um, you'll see that I have a visual impairment. So I was born blind. And so I had, you know, a couple of surgeries within the first six months of life. And still my, my vision is still kind of impaired. I'm um, not able to drive or do kind of some major life things. Um, and so, you know, when, when I was doing my student teaching, um, you know, as with a lot of people, that's where you kind of make your, your huge mistakes. And I remember one day um, I was making all the, all the regular rookie mistakes. You know, I'd gotten in a, you know, power struggle with a kid that's public, you know, all, all the things that you're not supposed to do. Uh, and so I was talk talking to my teacher at the end um, of the day. And she, one of the things that she said to me is, I, you know, I noticed that you hold the book close to you, you know, when you read. And I thought, okay, on top of everything else, this is probably going to be the nail in the coffin. You know, she's probably going to say, um, you know, with all that, I don't think this is the right career for you. So I was, you know, kind of getting ready for that, you know, for the, for the, for the hammer to drop. So I explained to her, you know, I have a visual impairment, all of that. And what she said to me was that 
it's okay because kids need all kinds of role models. And that for me, that kind of, you know, that kind of said it all, you know, as teachers, um, you're going to be somebody's hero. You're going to be a role model for, for somebody. Uh, and we need you in the profession. And so, you know, if you want a career where every day is different, where, you know, it's going to challenge you to your utmost, but, you know, you're going to feel so good at the end of the day, um, go into teaching. You're going to be somebody's hero. We need you. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that story. <laughs> that, was, that was really cool. Uh, so who is your favorite fictional TV movie, TV or movie teacher? <laughs> um you know as a math teacher everybody expects you to say you know stand and deliver <laughs> i'm going to take a little different uh you know i have a little different one um so this is going to be referring again as a gen x or referring to the 80s so uh karate kid the original okay ralph macchio um so my i guess i would say mr miyagi pat morita he was he was kind of he kind of was my favorite teacher um i you know, my grandfather's both on bo on both my mom's and my dad's side. My father, my grandfather's, uh, both died before I was born, so I never knew my grandfather. But I always imagine my grandfather's were like Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita. I always imagine that's my grandfather. <laughs> hey, listen, so, yeah, that's really cool. So we have a feature on the podcast called the Shoulder Tap. When you give a tap on the shoulder. To some to someone and let them know they're ready to become national board certified on here. Uh -huh. we give them a quick uh -huh. shout out and we will encourage them to go through the process when we tweet out this episode. Sure. So who sure. are you shoulder tapping? I am shoulder tapping. So I have a colleague. Um, she teaches at a different school, but she's a real good friend, um, a fellow math teacher. Her name is Daphne Okunaga. She teaches at Pearl City High School in Hawaii. Um, so I would shoulder tap her as being somebody who's a great candidate for board certification. All right, all right. And where can the people <laughs> find you on social media? Um, so you can find me um Instagram, Twitter, and a little bit of Facebook. So my my handle is Dr. Mike Ida, D-R-M-I-K-E-I-D-A on all three. All right, all right. Dr. Mike Ida, thank you so much for joining yeah. me. <laughs> thank you so much, Eddie. It's a, it's a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Ida is awesome. He wrote a blog for us recently that I will post in the show notes if you wanted to take a read. I want to thank him again for taking the time to chat with me and thank you for taking the time to listen to National Board Conversation. Be sure to follow us on social media all over the place, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you need to. For any all news National Board related, and we'll see you next time.